0: Hello, my name is Austin. And my name is Mike. Welcome to the Rough Draft Podcast. Season two, uh, Mike and I are working through more stories, sharing them with you. Uh, this week, Mike is sharing a story with us, and it's a story about his dad killing a serpent. Before we even really got
1: going, dad slammed the brakes so hard we all jolted forward. The seatbelts caught us like they should and held our bodies back as our heads whiplashed back to the seats. He shifted up to park, unbuckled his seatbelt, and was halfway out the door as he shouted, Snake! We lurched forward, this time of our own volition, unimpeded by the seatbelt, to see what he was talking about. There on the garage floor, barely even noticeable, just on the visible side of the line between shadow and sunlight was a rat snake. I wanted to say it was nearly seven feet, but it slithered out of sight so fast it was hard to tell. We had a two-car garage with two separate doors, but we only ever parked one car in it on the right side, looking at the house. The other side was for outdoor toys and other garage-appropriate storage. It's where we parked bikes, where all the gardening things were kept, and where all the sports equipment lived. The snake had been seen on the right side of the garage, exposed as the car rolled out from over top of it but it had slithered across to the left side and, presumably, under one of the shelving units, either the one with the sports gear or the one with the gardening gear. If it made it all the way to the wall, there was a chance it would slither along the wall and behind the freezer, which would have made it hard to capture or kill. As Dad made his way around the front of the car, it was clear that before rounding up the snake, he was going to arm himself with a flat-edged shovel. He was not interested in catch and release. Dad was afraid of snakes, and he was not going to leave himself susceptible to the possibility that this snake could come back haunting again. I didn't want him to kill it. I'd watched him kill three or four others, usually from an upstairs window of the house. I wanted to be there this time, in front of him, to see the snake get away or die with my own eyes. As he took the shovel from the hook on the wall, I pulled my seat belt off and climbed up from the back seat and pulled open the sliding van door, basically jumped over my brother's legs, and tore up the driveway and into the garage. Dad was searching, weapon in hand. I was searching for a flashlight, hoping to find the snake first. My brother John came strolling up the drive too. He was wearing dad's cowboy hat. John was the only one who ever wore it, and it was a little big for him. Dad was down by the garage door peering under the metal shelf that held our soccer balls and footballs and baseball gloves. The snake would be under there only if it had taken a direct diagonal path from across the garage from where we had first seen it. I started my search between the gardening gear and the freezer. I didn't get down on my knees, but I lowered myself into a squatting position with my feet firmly on the ground and my knees against my chest, nearly at my shoulders. I was small then. I had the flashlight above my knees, near my eyes, like the leader of a recon mission. And John stood back a few feet, still on the right side of the garage, arms akimbo, scanning the area between me and my dad, trying to detect any movement. All of us were just looking. None of us had actually moved anything yet, or said anything. It was all very quiet. We thought that it was more likely for us to hear the snake before we saw it, and we didn't want to miss that. After a few moments, John went up onto the small three-step staircase connecting the garage with the rest of the house and reached up to push the automatic garage door opener that controlled the left side. And when he pressed it, it broke our concentration. The door going up made so much noise that it startled me and dad and dad immediately glared up at John and raised his shovel combatively. But before the door was even up all the way, he'd eased up. He crouched a bit, took the shovel in both hands and laid it across both knees, peering at the ground, looking for movement. John jumped down from the steps and jolted the freezer. As he did that, the snake emerged by his right foot between the freezer and the steps and shot back across the garage to the back right corner near where it had started. There was nowhere to hide in that corner. John let out a shout and nearly toppled into me. As Dad hurtled over the few things... Or a cycling can and a tricycle, I think, that were resting on the border between the two sides of the garage. He raised the shovel over his head like it was a harpoon in the hands of a sailor. This snake was today's white whale. I was frozen. The snake was pretty scary. It was big, and I didn't know if it had poison or not. But I didn't want it to die. I don't know what John wanted, but he stayed next to me, and we waited. Dad moved his strike as I turned my head. There were a few clangs and clinks as the, the shovel missed of the snake made the concrete. The snake evaded the blows and slid along the far right wall out toward the door. Dad pursued striking vainly at the body of the snake, this time instead of the head. Just hoping to cut and stop it somehow with an initial hit before severing the head for good. But he missed. He ran out and around the corner in pursuit. John and I were right behind him but we heard a definitive thud right before we rounded the corner. As we were about to be on the scene, we heard again two more piercing blows in the same spot of ground, the kill. Dad had made his mark. Just a side for you, his name is Mark. (laughs) We reach him, we split, each taking a side, not quite standing next to him, but back a bit, still a little afraid. I remember looking down and seeing the body still writhing limply for a few seconds as the life left it, now nearly a foot from the head, each piece with a ragged, ugly edge and a smattering of blood staining the tip and bits of the grass around. Dad let out a breath and turned, rubbing his hand across the top of the back of my head as he headed back to the garage to return the shovel to the wall. John and I turned back once the snake's body was totally still. We raced each other to the van. He touched the headlight first, winning, but I was the first one back inside and in my seat. When Dad opened the door, Mom just looked at him. You're just going to leave that thing there for three days till we get back? Yeah, what else am I supposed to do with it? If I put it in the garage, it would just reek by the time we get back. Some bird will get it or something. It'll be gone before we're back. As Dad pulled away, I expected her to look back at the house. I expected her to look back to where the pieces of the snake lay in the grass. I even expected her to lean forward a little bit, maybe bracing herself with her right arm against the door so she could get just the right angle to see the snake in the grass. But she didn't. She didn't look for the snake in the grass. She just looked at Dad as he put his arm behind her seat to see better as he pulled out. As he turned, she stared at him unflinchingly. And then she turned. And look straight ahead
0: as we moved forward. It's good. You're really, uh, you're very descriptive Mm. in your stories, Um, which like gives gives an interesting picture into the story. Because there are like a lot of like small like visual things within it that um, I feel um, connect people with that story. Mm. Uh, for me, uh, the point, and I feel like you do this a lot, you have this ability of, of capturing just these mundane moments that kind of unite us all. But this idea, you, the one part that stuck with me was you said we had a two-door garage and we only ever parked one car in it. Yeah, And that's like yeah like that was everybody everybody i mean yeah. not everybody or, yeah. or like if there is another car in there it's like got stuff on top and no one ever moves I it like you know and it yeah. just sits there all the time um garages are so useful for storage yeah like so but he, like that like had like yeah. somewhat to do with the story but like it wasn't necessarily necessary yeah but like you have mm-hmm. this way of um rejecting brevity um, to yeah. taking that time to to, to f- flesh it out, because then it's like, oh yeah, I I have I grew up with a yeah two car garage. You and, can imagine. Yeah, that. you really places you yeah. within that, which I think is a huge strength of yours, um, uh, and something I can definitely work on. Uh, but so I was uh, a parent with that. Um, I wanted you to talk and I was waiting for it because you said it several times I didn't want the snake to die I didn't want the snake to die and I wanted you to talk more about why you didn't want the snake to die
1: hmm.
0: um, yeah because because you repeated it I felt like and maybe maybe it's better left unsaid because you know your father doesn't explicitly state like why he wants the snake dead I think it's just a way of like kind of establishing not that, like, my dad is the villain of the
1: story. No, but like, there's a... It's there's a, there's a, uh, like, I'm on the side of, yeah, I don't want the snake in my garage, but I also, like, don't want it to die. So, like, right.
0: I think that's really all it is. It's like... But I think it, it yeah. would be good, I mean, maybe, potentially, to, like, to flesh more of that out. Yeah. You know, Something because, about how... Because, like, that's, like... Snakes. I might be afraid of the snake, but my fear doesn't,
1: doesn't make me want it to be not alive anymore. Like my fear, yeah. that think, in my yeah. fear
0: there is still respect for the life of the snake. Yeah, I think there's that, like validity, because snakes are like so divisive for people, yeah. Yeah. and even like from like a... Even non-poisonous ones, people are oh, not yeah. okay with. And I mean... People are not okay with it. Yeah. People don't want it. You know, and even from like a cultural standpoint. Like, there's this, like, classic, like, oh, snakes are evil kind of a thing. And, you know, you have the people that are like, snakes aren't evil. And so you have this, these two sides. And I'm, like, I have a story similar to this where there was a snake in, uh, when I was dating Chelsea in her parents' backyard. Mm. I think it was in their backyard. Or maybe it was, on, it was by their front door or something like that. And so I took it and I, like, you know, picked it up. And they're like, what are you doing? And like, you know, the classic, oh, you pick up the snake, and right. people are like, oh, are you touching it? And you're like, it's fine, because it was just like a black snake, you know, right. like, not, not poisonous. And, yeah, and, and, like, I feel like that. I like that part where you said, I didn't know if it was poisonous or not, because a lot of people aren't. People are just, right. yeah. it's a snake. Is it poisonous? I don't know. Kill it, because I don't want to find out. Yeah. And so I took that snake, and I just, they had woods behind their house, and I took it back in there and let it go. Well, it, it actually came back, like, the next day to their house, and uh, her dad took a shovel and, like, lopped yeah. its head off with it. And, well, so. and, and I
1: think that's actually one thing that I didn't talk about in the story, but now I, I might end up adding something. May, maybe not, but I think worth bringing up in discussion is the snake is really only a nuisance in the garage, mm. I, I think. Because there were also woods behind this house. Yeah. And I think that it would have been good enough if you have already chased the snake out of the garage and it's already making its way towards the woods like that should be good enough just like close the garage get back in the car leave and let the snake like find you know yeah more food or or shelter or whatever away from the house like as long as you've chased it away my character in the story that would have been satisfying like just chase it out of like you know Mm. coax it out of the garage chase it away let it live, whatever, it can exist in peace. My father in this story, he just wants the snake dead. Mm. And the snake has trespassed onto his, into his garage, and he could let it go because it's out of his garage now, but that runs the risk that this snake will come back yes. and like invade his territory again. So yes. it's like a power thing. So his bloodthirst will only be quenched if the snake
0: dies, not just if if the snake is out of his yeah, area. Yeah, it's like even the even the yeah. the threat of it returning, even that being, it's like, no, 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 we got to remove that. And so I think that's why I, I actually really like that about this story, that the
1: snake doesn't die in the garage. Like, the snake dies outside of the garage. Like, almost everything in this story takes place in this garage, mm-hmm. except for the first sighting, the killing, and then, like, leaving.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, no, so okay. like the garage is is one setting and then the outside of the garage is another and I'm I'm wondering if maybe I could even expand the worlds of those two places and like the significance of those two
0: yeah environments. like this, there's this fear that's operated upon like even though there there isn't clear and present danger it's this idea that like well we're worried about what could happen and this idea of How far, like, do you take that? You know, like, you could take that to the nth degree. Like, okay, like, the snake left, but he doesn't want the snake to come back, so he killed the snake. And it's like, okay, well, what about all the other snakes that are out there? Okay, do we exterminate all... Do, do, like, I go upon a quest to now? And I think, like,
1: yeah, there is a point, like, some threshold. Yeah. But also, this is a person who sees a snake and sees a weapon and realizes that they have the power to have some dominion over creation in this moment and they're mm-hmm. going to they're going to take whatever chance they get to to well, we, you know yeah.
0: dominate in that scenario. Yeah. So I guess talk a little bit more about the end like cuz yeah. I thought it was it was good in the sense of like it could have ended where their conversation ended, I felt. Sure. Yeah, so that's the one thing I don't
1: know how I feel about this particular ending. Like, I'm not dissatisfied with this ending, I'll say.
0: Yeah, I just, like, I, uh, I thought, like, where it had more, like, punch in the finality of it mm. was, like, him, like, you know, the whole, the con- you're just going to leave it there? Well, if I we put it in the garage, it's going to stink. They'll, they'll bur- it'll be gone by the time we get back. And then, yeah. like saying, and then uh, effectively, like saying something, you know, closing out, like we drove away, like something better than that, but, you know, at that point, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I just
1: have too much in the description at the very, very end. Mm-hmm.
0: I can, I can look at that for sure. But I always like the descriptive nature of your stories.
1: Yeah, I think that's something that I that carries over from my kind of training in in college as a in the sociology classes that I took mm-hmm. when we would do field reporting mm. like exercises like for That's my um, cultural anthropology class or my, my sociolinguistics class yeah we we would be on a assi- we would have assignments like go sit in one location and just write down like everything you see and hear and experience and so I remember writing one paper where I sat at the, like, at the rock climbing wall to kind of get a, gra- a, a glimpse of that culture and the kinds of people that are at the rock climbing wall and the kinds of things they talk about. And um, so you just write down everything as best that you can as you're observing it. You kind of become what they call a participant observer. Hmm. And so you're, you're there as a participant. So like you would, you would climb you know, or whatever. If you're at a coffee shop, you get coffee and you do work.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you're, you're part of the experience, but you're also taking detailed notes about everything that's happening. And I think that's where I started to kind of develop this uh, love for detail. Um, it's called thick description, where you write down you just you really try and get as many details as you can. Because when you're doing research for sociological purposes, all of those details could mean something hmm. for the research that you're doing or for the report that you're writing or for the, you know, if it's a coffee shop, it, for the environment that you're trying to capture and um, assess. Yeah, And so I try to bring those sensibilities to my writing because I think that all of those things carry meaning. Uh, every detail um, carries meaning, and and some details, maybe don't carry the meaning that you're trying to to convey in that particular story, so they get cut. But I think that it's always better, in my mind, at least in a first draft, to have more details than 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 less. I'm always looking for ways to use language to describe something that is hard to put into words.
0: Yeah, no, and that's like that's a key thing of storytelling is being able to put words to those things, put words to scenes, put, you know, to emotions, to all those things. As always, I enjoyed your story. Thanks. Thanks for listening to it. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for writing and sharing it. I like it. Can't wait to, I'm excited to see what the final draft. Yeah, we'll see. We shall see put it together. <laughs> thanks for listening, listeners. Yeah, keep on uh writing. Yeah, keep writing your stories down. In any way that you can tell your yeah. story. Not just not just writing, but if you can speak it, record it. Taking yeah, reporting, painting, drawing, capture a moment. Whatever your art is,
1: dancing, watercolor painting, dance like no one's watching. Yeah. Keep keep doing it the equivalent of 500 words a day uh we guarantee guarantee even if it
0: sucks we'll get better